Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Elm Park Rolls post-match podcast reviewing this week the game against Watford in the FA Cup. Um, it might be the FA Cup, but we are still sponsored by our wonderful friends over at Blue Collar Street Food, supporting us all through the year, of course, as per usual. Um, this week was obviously it's different to most weeks. It was the FA Cup and it was a bit downbeat, I think, leading up to it because it was against Watford. You don't really want an FA Cup draw against Watford, let's be honest, in the first round. Um, but to talk about this absolute belter of a game I've got from all the way across the pond, I've got Dave Stevens. How are you doing? Doing well. Uh, not, not sure what day it is after getting up early to watch this one, but I won't complain because uh, yeah, it went our way. That must have been a really early start for you. Yeah, five thirty kickoff, which uh, could be worse. Others have it worse, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, as I say, I, I'll confess to a little nap afterwards, but before we did this, so uh, I'm, I'm raring to go again. There was me thinking that I had it tough waking up at eleven o'clock in the morning and wondering, do what do I actually go today? Do I go? Is it worth it? Um, yeah, I thought I had it bad, but yeah, five five thirty in the in the morning stumps that I think. <laughs> um, it was a bit. It was it was an interesting game because I think everyone knew Watford were gonna change up the squad their squad quite a bit. I think we talked about it in the preview. They had fifteen injuries um, in total, which you know is not really an injury list that you want to be contending with when you've got a cup competition coming up. So we knew their their lineup was going to be going to be quite changed um but it was a good chance obviously for reading to, to to change their team bring in some of the players that been on the fringe um a bit you know it was a bit of a i, I think we still made nine changes all in all today mm-hmm. which was kind of expected but it was still a relatively strong squad which i think is a good sign of where the reading squad is i mean it's not the strongest squad but um but yeah dave what was your thoughts yeah i mean it, it very much smacked of of two teams that don't want a cup run <laughs> um, for different reasons. Obviously I think Watford still have uh, designs on, on going back up and they want to focus on the league for that reason. And the the mentioned injury list that they have uh, even puts ours to shame, which is take some doing. Um, and then for us, obviously we just want to stay in this division. So uh, no, 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 cards hidden shall we say from either manager that this really isn't their priority right now and and i think the the apathy 
kind of extended into the fan base as well. I, I don't remember too many people being too excited about this all championship clash uh, at this stage. So uh, despite the fact that uh, that was how we went into the game, um, as you say, with the, with the nine changes, it didn't look like we'd put out our under 23s. You know, um, there was some good players on there. We, we got the long talked about long and Joao um, partnership uh, up top and see how that worked out. Um and you know, captaining aside is is Hutchinson uh, back from from another little spell out. So um, you know, plenty of experience in there as well. Yeah, no, there was the, there was a good mix of experience and youth. I think is what what everyone likes to say in the cup and what everyone likes to see in the cup. Um, but we did we did come through two nil winners um, in the end. We're going to touch on the game in a minute, but first we're going to just do um, a new segment. I think to to the EPR podcast um we're going to do a, a good the bad and an injured list um so just reviewing who we think was on the good list who was on the bad list for today and then just going over a few of the injuries from the game so kind of um, i mean dave do you want do you want to kick it off with maybe maybe the good list um yeah first one uh i, I put in there is a pretty obvious one for anyone that watched it um femi aziz uh came in and, and got a start and you know, after being out for so long and, and some of the promise we saw last year, um, I thought he had a he had a good game. He he put himself about. He was involved in a lot of our attacking play, and uh, it definitely definitely lands on the on the good list uh, for me. He's he's very direct as well, Femi Aziz. One thing I remember from, I think it was his first start since it was either Preston or I think Bristol City maybe last year at home. One thing I always remember from from him was just how direct he always is you know, with his running, um, yeah. you know, he's his first thought seemingly is always forward. He's not afraid to have a shot from from outside the box or to try and test the keeper, which is kind of what you want to see in a young player, you know, and it was yeah. a, very much a continuation of that today. Um, you know, he came on against West Brom last week and he was a bit um, not quite up to speed. I'd say his decision making wasn't the best. He seemed to be trying to cut in too much when he probably should have been trying to cross. I'd probably say that's an area that he still needs to work on a bit, maybe just his passing and, you know, decision making in that area, because he's got he's got bags of pace, he's strong, he's good on the ball. So he's got he he's got a good foundation there to be a good player. Um, but I think first things first, he needs to just stay fit for a season as well. You know, yeah. we can't be getting too too ahead of ourselves. Um kind of second on the good list, I'd probably say a briefer. It, it yeah. goes without saying because obviously he scored a goal. You know, um, I think his first goal for Reading as well, which is brilliant. Yeah, first senior goal, yeah. Looked like it meant the world to him. But, I mean, he played very, very well as well at right back. Yeah, yeah. Back. It, was, uh, it was something where, you know, the, the various... The modern world of, of watching football, the the various group chats you're in, and, you know, his name was coming up. People people weren't just talking about one or two moments. It was throughout the, throughout the game. Um, certainly looks like a bit of a player. And, uh, yeah great early early balls into the box which you know another thing we've maybe struggled with uh for, for a while uh overplaying and and not really just delivering the ball he wasn't afraid to to pop a ball into the box and yeah he did he did all the the usual stuff you would want your right back to do as well which is less exciting to talk about but um yeah definitely a banner day for him but uh i definitely think that that's not a flash in the pan i think we'll we'll, we'll see more of him um either as this cup run maybe continues, uh, at least one more game, eh? And uh, if not in the league, maybe coming off the bench, that kind of a thing. Um, one for the future. Looks very young. 
I think he's. I think the bit, the best thing for him that will come out today. He's put his name kind of in the frame now. You know, yeah. Reading fans, the manager, you know, the squad. They're going to be thinking about about him. You know, as a potential backup as as right back because realistically, we've only really got you know, well, Yeardum who's been playing centre back a lot, even though he's you know naturally a right back, right wing back. Junior Hoylet, you know, mostly a winger, but has been playing right back. We've not really had a natural kind of wing back that's played there for the whole season really because the one player that has played there probably most has been Hoylet yeah you'd say so maybe he's you know laid claim maybe to to a number two spot behind one of one of those two in that position but it was certainly a good performance from uh from from a briefer um and probably lastly I, I'd the, the the last one I probably want to pick out probably Scott Dan mm-hmm. for, for his contribution today shaky start at West Brom but yep. I mean, today, albeit against a very young Watford side, he showed his showed his class and showed his quality. I mean, I think the best thing with Scott Dan, he just made everything look easy that he was doing. Yeah, um, obviously, you have to you have to make that mention like you did of of the opposition. Like this was a very very young, uh, rather inexperienced Watford side by the looks of it. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of their squad uh, quite to the level that one of their fans would, but you just you take a glance at the squad numbers on the team sheet and you you think you know this is probably um, slightly slightly younger side. So you, you have to say yes compared to last week when we we saw the. Um, the impact of a of an inform senior championship side against him, um, I I do think that it, it was the classic centre back uh, performance that you kind of want. It's a cliche, I know, but you didn't really notice him all that much, and that's what you want from your defence and your and your defensive midfield as well. Is quietly goes about their job, and you just never really remember too much because they've just dealt with it. And uh, yeah, like you say, made it look easy. It'll be interesting seeing what happens with Dan within the team. If he stays in the team, if he becomes a hallmark in that in that defence, that then I guess gives licence maybe for Hutchinson to be played in midfield more, which again, I think probably honourable mentions from today's game. Hutchinson in the first half played well. Lucas Schell again played well. I think I, I saw some criticism of Lucas Schell. I thought that was harsh personally from the way he played today. He, he was running. He probably wasn't as sharp as he wanted to be on his shooting. He had a couple of shots, which, which um, you know, he didn't quite make what he probably would have wanted from them. Um, but Shane Long as well, as an honourable mention, you know what you're going to get with Shane Long, you know, running all the time. And obviously got his got his goal today. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but... That 90 minutes plus from Shane Long as well. Um, good for having had him out for so long with an illness that seemed to linger. Um 90 plus three and still enough in the bank to to run and score um it's good signs it must be satisfying to score that late on after you've played 90 minutes as well if you're a striker because you you might think the game has passed you by but then right at the end you can just nick a goal like that um so so yeah it must have been must be a good moment for him and Tom McIntyre as well in midfield, setting up the goal. Another one, you know, good game. There there wasn't too many that had a bad game today, it has to be said. But probably if we're going to focus on maybe one who wasn't quite at his best, Naby Sar today, it wasn't yeah. his best game for sure. Yeah, he's been a little uh, little shaky the last uh, last few games. So it's definitely something going on there, uh, whether it's a, a mental thing or, or maybe a an undisclosed fitness thing that's affecting it. I don't know. It's probably decision-making or something of that nature, but um, 
yeah, it 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 stands out that we noticed him have a bit of a poor game in a game where Watford didn't create very much. So there really shouldn't have been too many opportunities to have a bit of a shaky game. Yeah, uh, it, not not panning out for him at all at the moment. Not quite, no. And kind of after he seemed to be dropped following the Norwich game, you know, going into going to West Brom, he didn't have a good game at Norwich. He really didn't. Yeah, he really didn't. And I think that um, it's a shame because with the way his journey with us started, um, having to wait so long, even just to get a chance to come on because of all the stuff with the embargo and the EFL approval and everything else, um, all a player wants in that situation is the ability to come in and get some games under their belt. And now he's kind of getting that and it's not really working out for him. So hopefully yeah. he turns it around. We know there's a player there when when it goes off for him. Absolutely. And hopefully he can pick up form. You know, we're not trying to lambast him because at the end of the day, it's a, you know, we still we still won today. But when you look at the other two and Bengue and Dan had they were they, they were good today and kind of a lot of the Watford chances seem to come from misplaced passes from Saturday. Yeah. You know, which you don't normally want to see from your centre back. So but um kind of flipping onto a bit of an injured list, there was obviously quite a almost a whirlwind on social media before the game around Liam Moore's return. It turned out not to be a return and, well, a return of sorts, but probably to a place that he didn't want to be at, of course, on the injury list. Um, He, from what Paul Lint said after the game, has done his hamstring absolutely gutted for him um, and it could be out for six to eight weeks. It's just... I think I, I kind of mentioned it on the podcast, no matter what your thoughts are of Liam Moore, um, his time at Reading, at the end of the day, he's still a footballer. He's still a person. And to have nearly had his career ended in the summer with a knee injury, to come back to be the day before, you know, returning to, to first team football and to then have a pretty serious hamstring injury again. I mean, it must be devastating. Yeah, I mean... You know, you, you have to put your love of the club or, or your loyalty to Reading aside for a moment and just think about at a human level, you know, he's got to be so frustrated. And you can say, oh, it, it's just so he doesn't have to face the fans or, oh, he he, he probably wasn't training properly or in, in, i'm sure there'll be some conspiracy him, theories say, exactly <laughs> people <laughs> are very angry with what went down with him and um and that's fair enough if if everything we've seen and everything the club released and the statement from the owner was 100 percent accurate which you know is anything 100 percent accurate these days with uh with pr probably not but regardless something happened there it didn't paint him a good light he is on a very high wage. That's bad for us right now. So I, I get why people are, are not too forgiving with him. And, and that's absolutely fair. But um, yeah, on a human level, he must be so frustrated. I, th- I think the one thing I'm looking at now is if he's out for up to two months, then he comes back in to start training again after two months and tries to get back up to speed again. Like there's not much playing time left. Fully more at this club and you know is it time for the club to club and him to sit down and have a conversation like what is a mutually agreeable deal to just mm-hmm. write this off because 
you know, the season's going to run out before he's really in contention anyway now. Well, I mean, he could be out until March. And when you get to March, you, you're only going to have about, you know, 10 more games left in the season, maybe, right. you know, 12, 13, if, if, if the fixture list is, you know, kind to you. Yeah. Like you say, time will be running out um with, with him at the club it's a it's it's been a sad end it has to be said yeah. but um but but yeah i can't start to imagine kind of the frustration from from his side i think paul Lint said that you know um i think he he was looking forward to bringing his family back to the stadium they were looking forward to seeing him playing again which again it just comes back to the human element of it you know at the end of the day he he's a he's a person with a family you know and probably all he just wants to do is play football no matter yeah. what you kind of think of him and what he's done in the past but that was a big piece of injury news before the game. There was actually a moment during the game when I thought as well, Shane Long might have been out for some time because he seemed to go down with a rather nasty looking arm injury. Um, I didn't know whether or not he might have broken his arm or something because he seemed to stay down and then he couldn't really move his arm at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And it seemed to look like a really nasty one, but he seemed to play on with a bit of a, arm bandage i don't really know what they call them um yeah, uh, yeah one of those seem... sleeve looking things yeah yes. they look kind of cool actually reminded me of the... <laughs> remember the, in the 90s where there was that little rash of people playing in in casts um like the, mm. the wrist cast and everything um yeah a nice little hark back to that in little in throwback yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um but but he he seemed to he seemed to play on i've not seen anything following the game either um on on an injury side with long so hopefully it was just a knock and maybe a bit of swelling that you know they were using it to compress the swelling or something so but um but but yeah it's it's nice not to talk about too many injuries i have to say um because that's that's most of the injuries because we've actually got some players that came back we we did obviously have a game on today and we'd had nine changes as we mentioned earlier Hutchinson was back from injury back in captaining the side um and one of the nine changes that 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 came in for today it was uh Mbengue, Bazanis, Saar, Abrifa, Hutchinson, Baba, Aziz, Long and Zhao all came in for the game today to start um and I mean Dave kind of coming into the game there was a lot of talk before how many changes do you want to make as there always is with the cup you know it's seemingly a a, a conversation that is a carousel whenever a uh, um a game like this comes about but was it the right mix for you going in yeah, I think so. I think that the big thing for me is we saw against West Brom how tired our preferred starting eleven or variation of starting. I know, I know, he tends to change one, one or two each time, but the core group are clearly exhausted. So if he had not made a sizable number of changes, you'd be questioning what was going on because um, it's, it's a great opportunity today. I do think, as we touched on earlier. It was that mix of experience and youth. Like, um, yeah, it was great to see a Braper come in. Uh, can't remember a start for him. Uh, definitely not the, this season, unless I'm blanking one, which is entirely possible. Um, so to see the likes of him come in, uh, as he's given the start, was great um, as he comes back. And he's still young, of course. Um, but then we weren't looking at, like we said, an under-23 side. We've, we've got some very uh, strong players in there and strong players that also need minutes themselves, like uh, Joao and Long and uh, Scott Dan coming back again, which I know, you know we started to talk about some of these already previously, but um, that's kind of where I was looking at it. Um, Buzanis obviously coming in. He knows he's going to be a second choice to Lumley, but 
you would expect that he'd get games in the cup and, and that's been honored. So um, yeah, absolutely. No, no qualms from me when I saw the starting lineup. I think one thing that was really positive as well. I mean, once, once the game had started, how positively the team came out, you know, um, again, we, it's probably be the last time I, I mention it. You can talk about, you know, the weakness of the opposition or kind of the team they put out, but you've still got to actually play against them, um, you know, and and Aziz was probably the brightest spark, I reckon, you know, from when we started the game. Whenever the ball got to him, he wanted to drive forwards. He wanted to move it forwards and actually do something. He had a pop shot. Um, it was about 10, 15 minutes in, I think, um, from about 25 yards on, on, his, on, on the left-hand side forced a good save from a keep from from the keeper you know and the Watford keeper looked pretty unassured through the game I'd say you know so it's yeah. it's those sorts of moments when you know that about the opposition keeper you want to actually try and have shots which I mean we don't normally have many shots from from outside the box so yeah. potentially if Aziz comes back he might be someone who can who can look to offer that um but kind of the the first half kind of the first 25, 30 minutes, it was a very controlled performance by Reading. They yeah. pretty much controlled all the possession. There wasn't too many chances to talk about. There were very, there were a few near misses, um, you know, in that Lucas Shaw also had one when the keeper palmed it out to him um, and he fired it probably 10 yards wide. It wasn't, he, he didn't get the connection. It wasn't that he particularly wanted. close, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, no. Um, so it's probably one he'll want to forget. But, um, but, but the first real kind of, kind of, moment came when Aziz he nearly got back on the score sheet in his first start yeah he did uh you know right right up on butting up against half time um we kind of started to increase the intensity towards the end of that first half and uh a ball in from the right from a braper a uh, nice ball in actually uh it wasn't crossed to Aziz but he um and this was very nice to see got there. He, he, he threw himself in and, and made sure that he connected at the far post and, and put it into the goal. Flag went up straight away and uh, flagged for offside, no goal. But um, to be fair to the, to the officials, you, you see on the, on the uh, replay. Yeah, he, he was offside, but there was a sign there that he he's, he's willing to go and, and kind of put things on the front foot and uh, a little bit of a payoff for that, that intensity leading up. Yeah, and I think I, I think mention has to go out for. Um, we're probably going to mention him quite a bit, but a brief for the cross because it was yeah. a fantastic cross. I mean, he's put it right in that corridor of uncertainty. You know, he couldn't have done anything better there. A briefer, it was a fantastic ball in, um, and an early and, cross into the box as well, yeah. which we've struggled with. So, yeah, very we, nice. We struggle with, and we don't normally see actually all that much. You yeah. know, which which it often frustrates me because it you know well maybe it's more because the players that we have on the pitch because you you know you're not going to be doing early crosses like that with Andy Carroll on the pitch potentially you know um, but if you've got someone like Aziz there who's willing to make that back post run mm -hmm. you know it, it's 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 a good good weapon that you could potentially have and it'll be interesting to see Aziz um, going forwards and kind of where he fits into the team whether he's just an impact man or if he proved today he's got enough maybe to maybe to start and maybe to push you know potentially Tom Ince or, you know, someone around there, or maybe if um, Ince wants to um, experiment with putting him up top next to Andy Carroll or someone, you know, that, that'd be an interesting dynamic to see. But again, it's just very much like a briefer. He's put his name right back in the frame of, 
first team contention, be it mm-hmm. the bench or or pushing to start. So, um, but it was just a tad disappointing. He went half a yard too early um, yep. on his on his run. It didn't take too much longer though to get get the first goal, and it came from a briefer. And I cannot lie, watching it and watching the celebrations after, you could see how much it meant to a briefer. But it was just a wonderful moment. I don't care if he didn't mean it because he did mean it. I'm not going to entertain any reasoning from people that says that he did not mean it. I've seen him do that 20 times over at Bearwood Park, even though I've never been there. Um, I've seen him do it many times before, and I will not hear anyone say otherwise. Yeah, well, you know, we we all know a brave has got that in his locker. So oh, um, all the all all the time. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> just needed a start, and it was you don't have it. Yeah, I mean, joking aside, it it kind of reinforces that um, approach of you know if you stick the ball in a dangerous area, something might happen. Um, yet again, he went for an early cross to just put it into the mix. And it drifted over the keeper and nestled into the, or was it the top of the side netting almost? Like on the, uh, it was, side? no, it was off the post, wasn't it? It, it, it? went in off the post. Yeah. It, 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 it was glorious. a bit, yeah. I don't want to dive too far into the FA Cup locker, but um, I was actually having an interesting conversation with my brother last night. And uh, we spoke about the infamous Paul Koncheski goal mm. um, in the, it's a bit different being in an FA Cup final to an FA Cup third round at the Medeski. But it just reminded me of that, and um, He's I thought just it was practicing ironic. for the final. It's no, no worries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he but, yeah, had glorious he had that in his mind. Yeah, yeah, he must have. He must have watched that growing up. I imagine. Uh, I wonder how many years after that goal was scored, a Brayfield was born. That'd be a depressing thing to look up. Let's not do that. <laughs> no, um, no, but yeah, uh, great technique. Uh, gets the ball in. And yeah, floats into the goal, and and he's he's happy as happy as a lark. And uh, I mean, you know, everyone. The initial it's funny. The initial celebrations from the players in the middle were delayed because they weren't expecting it. It kind of looked like a cross that had gone too far, but then they realise it's gone in, and then they all run over to celebrate with him. But yeah, what a way to get your first senior goal! Stuff of dreams. Yeah, and then like you say, the players on the pitch as well. It wasn't just a briefer. And his family in the crowd that you could see it meant so much too. I mean, everyone in the squad ran over and ran over and celebrated with him. And again, yes, you might say, "Oh, well, you expect that for when somebody so young scores their first goal," but it's just so nice to see, you know. And I think it goes a long way to actually seeing the dynamic in this team that you know that they've built that Paul Ince has instilled um you know the mix between experience and 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 youth in the squad but everyone just looks so happy for him yeah and I I do think that it kind of points to something that's been lacking for a while that used to just be the norm which is you know a, a young a young coming through right back who isn't going to be starting because of the options ahead of him takes his chance in the club and and everyone's happy for him because they know him because he's been around the squad starting to train with the first team. It's all very cliched football things that have been around forever. Um, and you could probably go back and, and and look at Shane Long when he came in and, you know, he's, they were all happy for him when he first scored because he'd been around like Doyle and, and Kitson and the others. But the last five, six years, I just it feels like more of a disconnect. Like that hasn't been happening. Um, but that togetherness of, of this squad, 
did did come through in the celebrations. It was re- really nice to see. Absolutely, yeah. Um, that that then was pretty much on the stroke of half time. That pretty much took us to half time, and I mean, most most people I think were happy at that point, you know, because we'd we'd controlled the game. Probably say we deserved to be up at half time. It's interesting, actually. You said about doing the early crosses with with, with the keeper. I think that was and putting it into a dangerous area. There was a point earlier in the half as well. I think it, it might have been Aziz put one in um, or Baba put one in and nearly crept in at the far post as well. The keeper was able to push it. It went past everybody, but the keeper was able to push it round. So, um, yeah, if you don't put a cross in there, you will never, never know. You don't buy a ticket. Yeah. You don't win the raffle, as they always say. But um, going in at half time, 1-0, we controlled the first half. It wasn't, it, there wasn't really too many, too many issues. I don't, I don't even recall many shots from Watford in the first half, if any. Um, Didn't create much at all, no. No, so which, you know, I think what one one of the good things with McIntyre and Hutchinson in the midfield, they were able to control that um, at West Brom. We had no control in that, in that midfield. But yes, uh, today it was completely different, you know, and it was good to see. Um, and then coming into the second half, um, we, we made one change. Hutchinson came off um, at halftime. Good 45 minutes in the bank for him. Um, Hutchinson Bingo is well and truly back as well because he did get booked after 13 minutes, which um, it's just a nice sight, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like going to watch the football, seeing Hutchinson getting yellow carded. Yeah. You get your Bovril, you get your, <laughs> get your pie, you watch Hutchinson get booked. It's, uh, you know, proper proper football stuff. Yeah. But um, but yeah, but he came off at half halftime, uh, was replaced by, by Loom. Um, and also for, for Watford, it was the return of Leandro Bakuna to, to the, um, to the SEL, a return that was very much cut short, obviously didn't have a good time at the, at, at the Medeski as it was when he was here, didn't have a good time on his return. He ended up going off after about 10 minutes, um, injured. Um, so which just adds to Watford's growing injury list at this, at this point, you know, Billich after the game was apparently gutted for him, but, um, yeah, something's possibly not quite right at Watford in that department at the moment. Yeah, they've not long since they brought him in um, to to help with their injury crisis. Now he's injured, but I, I guarantee that man wakes up in a cold sweat at night thinking about the uh, Medeski or SCL Stadium, depending on your preferred naming. Because, uh, yeah, not a good time when he was with us and uh, definitely not a good time today. I think about seven or eight minutes he lasted. And, uh, didn't I didn't even... I didn't even realise that he'd gone off either, to be fair, because during his injury, it was quite amusing. Um, and Bengue was, it, well, because when the ball went out, it went out for a throw-in um, and then he was tended to. And Bengue was almost doing some party tricks or some circus tricks with the ball down da- down at the bottom. It was quite it was quite amusing. He was certainly having, having good fun. Yeah. Um, the linesman wasn't really all for it for some reason. He was being a bit of a bit of a um, killjoy naysayer. It has to be said. <laughs> um, but I mean, and Bengue was living his best life. He was doing kicky uppies, flipping it onto his neck, flipping it. Oh, it was. I mean, that that guy. I think just loves to have fun. He seems like such a fun person in Bengue. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I like him personality wise. He's brought a lot to the squad and. Uh, he was certainly up for it today. Some of the challenges he was flying into, um, he he has no shortage of passion. No, and there, there was actually one which it was towards the end of the game that Mbengue flew in on, um, which I have to say, I wasn't too sure on why or kind of 
why he decided to do it because he could have really injured himself. It, he comes in absolutely barreling in. It was about 85 minutes gone, but he comes in barreling into the midfield and just, I, I'm not even sure if he puts a tackle. He just bulldozes into the Watford play, player. I mean, he gets a yellow card for it. It's the easiest yellow card you'll see all day, but um, yeah, a little too enthusiastic maybe. The uh, the proverbial red rag to a bull. Uh, the the ball he wanted it, and so in in he went. And the ball was unfortunately long gone by the time he arrived. But uh, yeah, oh well. If he's doing that eighty five minutes in a in a game like that, um, he committed to the cause. I'll I'll take it. He didn't hurt anyone, so that's fine. No, and I think most most importantly, he didn't injure himself because it was one <laughs> yeah. of those which which I looked at. And I thought you could have so easily injured yourself there. Very you know, true. um, so but thankfully he wasn't injured, the Watford player wasn't injured. Um, all we know is Mbengue likes to do kicky uppies, um, will continue running and yeah, has almost got got an engine that doesn't want to stop at any point, you know, he's still running right until the last minute, which you want to see, and fingers crossed we'll we'll see it a lot more with him hopefully signing a new contract in the coming weeks. So apart from that, it has to be said, the second half. It was a very quiet second half. Nothing much really happened. Reading still, for the most part, controlled the game until about potentially 80, 85 minutes when Watford had a couple of attacks going forwards. Didn't really amount to much. There was one where Bazanis, I think, palmed it into the middle, which Mbengue cleared quite easily. Um, But then it led to a rather shaky moment right in... I think it was right on the the, the 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 90th minute mark, maybe just after, with Bazanis when a ball uh, floated towards his goal line. Yeah, what Watford tried to put it in the mix and see what happens uh, for the first time, and, uh, and it nearly worked. It nearly worked. Yeah. So as the ball's coming down, he's he's going to catch it, and then he gets a bit distracted by the Watford attacking player who I can't remember who it was. I'm sorry, um, who was jumping for it with him. Um, Bazanis was first to the ball, so it was his, but he was kind of distracted. So he, instead of catching it cleanly, he kind of palmed it forwards, so like half dropped it. Um, and then, of course, the the attacker then challenged for the ball, and they got into a bit of a tussle, and and the ball ended up going out behind, and it could have been a corner because I think it came off of Bazanis last. Um, but the referee had decided probably correctly that there was a little bit too much leaning on Bozanis uh, at the, at, at the time. So I uh, gave it as a free kick, which, you know, with the modern rules with protecting the goalkeepers, um, not that surprising, but maybe a few heart in mouth moments for Bozanis who otherwise had quite a quiet day. Uh, maybe he was thinking about his clean sheet and uh, got in his head a little bit. I was going to say you mentioned you mentioned it before before the game about the clean sheet because he's he he had a pretty pretty routine day. There wasn't really too much to do. He cleaned up actually a couple of potential bad back passes early in the game as well. From what one that I remember from from Saar that Saar under hit and he did well and just ended up putting out for a throw in in the end, which was which was fine. He dealt with the danger that he needed to. Um, it was a routine game. At the end of the day, Bazanis is a second string goalkeeper. You know, he, he's he's not going to give, you know, the, the exact same levels that, you know, a Lumley might give. Um, but coming in on a cup game and, you know, getting a clean sheet, you can't really have too much or too many complaints at that. Yeah, he, he could be happy with what happened today. You know, if you if you have those slightly flappy moments and you come out of it without conceding, 
Um, that's overall the win. And uh, yeah, didn't have a, a ton to do, but he was called upon a few times and he and he did well. He was quick off his line. Um, he didn't didn't freeze, uh, which was good. And uh, yeah, ninety minutes and a and a clean sheet. Um, good Saturday for him. Yeah. One thing that I thought was interesting with him. One last point on him was that. He seems to play a lot as a sweeper keeper in the first half. You might not have seen it on the television, but he was almost at, at times he almost pushed up to where the back line was to add in like an extra player into that back line, which I'd not really seen from Bazanis. I didn't really see him as that much of a sweeper keeper, but um, maybe again it was just the nature of the game, the tactics that that, that we decided to play. But um, but yeah, it, it, it was a good performance all all in all. Or, pretty standard performance from from Bazanis, I think most would say but um just as I was trying to write out excuse me just as I was trying to write out a tweet um around that moment um we had an absolutely fantastic ball from to- um Tom McIntyre to his childhood hero who then put it away and settled the tie in the 93rd minute i mean dave there's two ways you can probably look at this from for Tom McIntyre assisting his childhood hero like yep. he did, that must be one hell of a feeling for Tom McIntyre. I, I hope it's gone down as as an assist for him as well. I'm I'm sure it would have. Yep. Um but um but that 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 was one part. But then Shane Long, I mean, I've got a soft spot for Shane Long. I think everyone in 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 Reading has a soft spot for Shane Long as well. But um he was one of the only reasons why I thought I'd go today to try and see him, to try and watch him and see him play. But um yeah, kind of just finishing off a pretty pretty good day for Reading FC and um, a good cup tie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the we've seen these balls forward from McIntyre a few times this season. He's definitely got the the ability to do it, and and he places it in a nice spot for the uh, for the striker. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you, we all remember the stories of. Uh, I can't remember who was it. Tom Ince, yeah, Tom Ince ratted him out, didn't he? That when when Shane Long came back, T Mac was in the uh, in the dressing room, like too nervous to speak to him. Like he had his poster <laughs> on his wall, that kind of a thing. So I'm, the fact that yeah. that I'm not going to begrudge him of because if I, I was yeah. if I was Tom McIntyre, I'd be the exact same. I'd be yeah. starstruck. I wouldn't know what to say to him. I'd be like. I, I I remember you in 0506. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So, I, I, might I don't think young. I could. Yeah, I mean, we, well, we met some of the 0506 last year at the uh, before the Legends game, and uh, I was basically a five year old around them. So uh, yeah, fair play to T Mac on that one. But to to then say that you've now notched an assist for for your hero, um, he he must be having a great night tonight. And uh, yeah, it was a classic. Shane Longall, he, good running, um, good power, got got away from the covering defender and uh, just waited for his moment, slotted it past the keeper and um, off he went to celebrate. So, yeah, yeah, great to see. And I think one of the best things about it was, um, actually, and it was a tweet that I saw on Twitter just after it was, it was vintage, vintage Shane Long, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, r- running in the back or r- r- running in behind like he, like he did, perfect ball over the top, you know, full credit for to, to T-Mac for the ball but you know Shane Long running in behind and wounded with with only one arm seemingly puts yeah. it away fantastically you know one one arm out for ages this season with an illness that seemed to sap his energy and everything else plays 90 minutes and then in the third minute of injury time makes that run and finishes ah oh, legendary lovely you can't, lovely stuff 
you can't ask for much more you can't you ask can. for much more um but that that pretty much that was almost the last kick of the game um for for, for reading wound up 2-0 winners um and just like that we progress into the the fourth round of the FA Cup for the first time since 2020 Shane Long does become i think our all-time highest FA Cup goal scorer this century with that one goal. Uh, but that is our first FA Cup win since 2020 when I think we got to the fifth round, wasn't it, against Sheffield United? Sounds about right. I mean, the last three years have all kind of merged together, but I don't remember a lot of joy in the FA Cup in that time. Yeah. No, the only other one I really remember was Luton away over COVID when we had an unbelievably injury-stricken squad, I think, at that point, And we put out pretty much what Watford did today. Yeah. I seem to recall, I think the average age was like 21 or something that day. But yeah, it's not not been a happy hunting ground, but um, hopefully it will be this season. I mean, looking ahead to the next game in the Cup, Dave, again, to bring out the cliches, do you want do you want a big team? Do you want a big away day? Who do you want in the next round? And would you want it home or away? I'll tell you what, uh, an away day to someone big is probably best. And I'll tell you my reasoning. It's not the cliche. Um, if we if we draw the likes of a Stevenage or a, or a, a, I don't know, some tiny little club and we lose. To them. I love how Stevenage is just so ingrained Stevenage in Reading like, minds from, from 2018. Stevenage is in my head. The same way that the Medeski Stadium is in Leandro Bakuna's head. I, I just don't want to play him again, you know. Um, we've been you know, there, we've done it, we we've have, got the T-shirt. We, we've got the T-shirt, <laughs> it's been rubbish. So if, if we go and we play like a, a team that all the pundits expect us to beat and we lose, I reckon there could be a knock-on effect. I, I just I don't need that bad juju, so no thank you. If it's an all-championship tie or a closely matched team, there's the possibility. Are they doing replays? I've forgotten whether this competition's scrapped. I think them. they do do replays. Yeah, yeah, I they, think. they're still in, right? So if we, yeah, if we play like, like today, the, the nightmare today is that we don't get a result. It's nil nil, and we have to play another game. Like we don't want that. So I'm just thinking like a big away day somewhere we haven't been for a while, or you know, some big team, something exciting. Uh, nice little away day. Probably lose. Or if we win, it's a big boost around the place. That's what I'm looking for. So yeah, give us something exciting, please. Well, I think I think Paul Ince wanted Manchester United away um, in the cup. I'm not going to lie; we've had Manchester Manchester United twice since 2017. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not sure another trip up the M6 um, to to Manchester would be top of my list. Maybe maybe a trip to um to Tottenham or somewhere a London Premier League away day I think would be a nice one that isn't cross off the new stadium yeah that's that's fair yeah absolutely because and I I, either that or just a league two side that we've not played before because I mean they're fun what I don't want is another Watford because in all honesty nobody wants Watford I could barely get myself out of bed for the game today (laughs) so uh, you know I dread to think what would happen in the next round but um but but yeah, fingers crossed we can we can get an exciting draw. Whether it's a big yeah. side, whether it's a League Two side, League One side, just don't let it be. Whoever's pulling out the balls, please just don't make it a championship side. Yeah. Please. Just just something for the fans to get excited about. Doesn't doesn't have to be like some huge team or anything. Liverpool away. Doesn't have to be that, but like you know, something that people are like, Oh yeah, I'll go to that. That'll be fun. And that's what what we're looking for. 
something we can get excited about um that pretty much wraps it up for for today's for today's um post-match podcast i mean reading are next in action next week against qpr at home um the long-awaited return of the the beanback game i think i think qpr have sold out their allocation as well so no doubt there'll be tears flying all around the white city um for, for for more tickets which they won't get and a beanbag which probably their club won't want to put on um so but we will be back obviously previewing that game it should be jacob back for that game um i've i've stuck in my my, my time now on the graveyard shift you will be back in the capable and lovely hands of jacob for the preview we will of course be back for the post-match podcast as well following that and obviously if you have enjoyed our podcast give us a five-star rating um i know dave gives us five-star ratings all the time you know and that's not just because we love it making up fake accounts just (laughs) just rating it five yeah we love five-star reviews so if 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 you if you have enjoyed it give us a rating um follow us on all of our socials obviously and we will catch you for the preview of the qpr game thanks for listening everyone